Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy podcast uh, featuring the Fantasy Fro. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and as always, I'm joined here by the Fantasy Fro, and I can tell you we're both excited. Fro, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. I'm real excited. I literally just did a draft a few minutes ago. I know you're still doing a draft as we speak, and I can't wait. We have football tomorrow, probably about, what, 23 hours until kickoff. Actually, yeah, 23 hours yep. until kickoff. We got the Chiefs. We got the Texans. It's going to be insane. Highest scoring game of the week, possibly. I can't wait. Did you see that the right now, I think the Texans are 9.5 points underdogs? Right. Yep, 9.5. That's insane. Yep, it is insane, especially with no fans. It's not really a road game. Yeah, and you're paying Deshaun Watson like 30, 40 mil a season to right. be nine point underdogs. It's insane. Bunny how my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. It can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Fro, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro. The Fro and I would, would like to uh, thank anyone and everyone that uh, reached out and purchased our draft guide this year. It was a different time, a different year. A lot of the leagues did not exist because of you know the COVID nineteen situation. Many people didn't turn out to play fantasy football. I'm not sure if there's a statistic somewhere on the internet. I'm sure that shows the decrease of fantasy players. There has to be a decrease uh, because of the situation we're in uh, today. Uh, people are also boycotting the NFL for various reasons. But anyhow, if you were one of those people who reached out to us and purchased our draft guide, we would like to personally thank you. This is something that. I can speak for both of us. It was a dream of ours to be able to produce fancy content that people, you know, thought was appropriate to spend money on. And this is our second year doing it. We had a great turnout. And uh, those who did definitely benefited in their leagues. There's no doubt about that. There was so much information in that thing. Uh, again, I can't thank you guys enough. And Fro, what do you want to say to the people about that? Yeah, it's it's just been so great. Obviously, our sales were down a little bit, and it's not just us. I listen to a couple other podcasts of some some bigger bigger names, and they say you know their their sales are down as well when it comes to this, which is expected. People don't want to spend money on a season of what if, but you know if you believed in the process, you trust. You know, you listened to me months ago. I I was a believer. I said the season is going to happen. I didn't always think it was going to happen on time, but it, it's going to happen on time. And the NFL has done a phenomenal job. They've done thousands of tests and had, what, tens, less than tens of positive cases. So, I mean, the NFL keeps coming out with all these other procedures to follow. They're doing a great job. Look at these other leagues, you know, the NBA, the NHL, the MLB. I know some are in the bubble, not all of them, but I think the NFL has done a great job. And you guys have done an excellent, excellent job preparing for your draft. It's been awesome talking to you guys personally, sending me your your drafts. And I can tell you read the guide pretty quick when I look at your roster. And I can tell you, you're going to win your league. If not win your league, you're guaranteed you're going to place. Uh, and with that said, you know, the hard work does not stop. Nate and I are moving forward. Week one is upon us. We're going to have quite a few things to discuss tonight as we get ready for tomorrow. But I do offer a premium service that some of you have taken advantage of and done very well in the past. I do offer my premium service where, you know, you'll get your lineup set, your waiver wires, your injuries, you know, your last minute reports, everything you'll need to be successful. If you want it, I offer 24 hours for $6. I also offer longer for a week a month, or even a full season, which is ultimately the best discount you can get. Yeah, and as the fro said, I also offer a premium service. So if you are interested in any of that, you know, taking advantage of that, get, get into our mind. And when you guys are pretty much, we're, we're pre- pretty much your personal assistant when it comes to fantasy football. And, uh, you know, our track record proves that we know what we're doing. 
So if you're interested in that, DM either of us on uh, you know Twitter, and uh, we'll get a hold of you, and we'll figure the logistic logistics out from there. Um, and uh, let's see. Not only do we have this Wednesday night weekly We Know Fantasy podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro, but we have several podcasts now on the well, We Know Fantasy podcast network. Every Thursday night is the Fantasy is the We Know Fantasy uh, contributors podcast, where a group of con- contributors come on talk fantasy football. Uh, every Saturday night, Saturday night now we'll have uh, the DFS uh, special hosted by the Fantasy Mechanic. Um, there, the the uh, Nick, the Fantasy Mechanic and uh, group will talk about you know the great DFS plays for the week coming up. Every Monday, of course, we have the We Know Fantasy Waiver Wire Wishlist with myself and Zach. Uh, we had a Week One episode go live on Monday night, so if you haven't looked, uh, haven't listened to that, go ahead. You may have missed out on some of the great options that are still readily available in most leagues uh, for this week one. And, of course, visit our website, weknowfantasy.com, for some more fantasy football and fantasy sports overall content, as there's some fantasy baseball content in there as well. So, here we go. This is uh, this is our third episode of the season, Fro. It's really, it's actually, uh, it's cruising by. Football's tomorrow. Got a lot of news to go through here, so let's get into it. First off, DeAndre Hopkins signed a massive contract, only two years, but $27 million per for 54 mil across those two years. Um, well, actually, I guess uh, it came out it was a five-year deal now. Well, that's what it turns into. It's an extension. It turns they have, into yes, ultimately. player options, team options, things of that nature. Right, yep. Yeah, they want him basically. They want DeAndre Hopkins to be with the Cardinals for potentially the rest of his career. You know, by the time he's 31, I believe there is a there is an option there where the Cardinals can opt out, which typically full full contracts rarely ever are completed. But you know, they're setting up Murray for a great career. You know, look at what they did last year. They brought in the you know Kingsbury as a head coach, who is an offensive mastermind. Christian Kirk is great. Fitzgerald is going to be gone sooner than later. They got an amazing, amazing running attack with Drake and Edmonds. And, I I mean, they want to do it all. They want to do it all. They paid the man what he wanted. There was a little bit of controversy before the season started about DeAndre Hopkins. and Was he going to hold out? But ultimately, they paid him before the season started with very minimal drama. And... I personally faded him in drafts with all this drama and how ultimately a lot of these these wide receivers, when they go to new teams, they tend to struggle in the early season. So I did fade him in drafts, but if you drafted him, I mean, you, you got a wide receiver one regardless. Yeah, Hopkins, you know, talent-wise is one of the best in the game. You know, has arguably the best hands among wide receivers in the game. Doesn't drop passes. I, too, faded him a little bit because of the switch to Kyler Murray from Deshaun Watson, which is understandable. Deshaun Watson's going to throw for more yards career-wise than Tyler Murray ever will, in my opinion. But um, overall, you know, you still have a Christian Kirk there who's a who's a valuable, who, who's a viable fancy option. Like you said, the running game's strong. They're really putting this offense together. And uh, if you're a Hopkins owner for, say, a, for a dynasty league, you're looking pretty good because, you know, you know where he's going to be, you know what he's going to do, and you know who his quarterback is for the next at least five years of his career. So, DeAndre Hopkins, Arizona Cardinals locked him up deep. Moving on, we have a big injury update to talk about. Mike Evans has a soft tissue injury. This is to 
be assumed across a league, minimal practices, you know, number of practices teams are allowed to have, you know, restrictions of that nature. But Mike Evans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has a soft tissue injury in his leg. Um, at this point, he's day-to-day, and he probably he hasn't practiced today. He probably won't practice through this week. So if let's, 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 let's play a what-if here. So if Mike if Evans is to miss some time, how does this affect Tom Brady? How does this affect Chris Godwin, bro? Well, I don't think it affects Tom Brady that much. I mean, Tom Brady is going to do what he does regardless. But as far as Chris Godwin, I mean, he he's going to be the god in week one. I think he has potentially the best matchup possible going up against the Saints slot cornerback, P.J. Williams, who actually last year was horrible. He allowed four touchdowns. Mind you, this is this is among only slot cornerbacks. He allowed four touchdowns, which is third most, and he allowed a passer rating of one thirty three point seven to all slot wide receivers last year, which was second worst among all slot cornerbacks with a minimum of two hundred snaps. So, he is going to get absolutely lit up by Chris Godwin. We saw what Godwin did last year. Now we know what Tom Brady does when he loves his slot receivers. You know, unfortunately, Mike Evans, I don't if I am a Mike Evans owner, I'm not happy right now because I was one that actually liked Mike Evans a little bit later than Godwin. But I know last year he started the season questionable. This season it's questionable. And you you didn't have time to prepare. This kind of came out of nowhere. And they're saying it's a hamstring, which is never fun. It's something that has a high risk to be re-injured if he goes out and plays. So if I were to guess, I don't think Chris or I don't think Mike Evans plays this week. Yeah, I think. You know, you have to you have to play with caution here. This is a different time of football. We've never seen anything like this before. You know, like I said previously, restricted practices, no training camp, no preseason games, and of course the COVID nineteen situation going on. So it probably be best for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we assume is going to be a very good football team, but this offense that they put together, they have to be a good football team. Uh, so it would probably be best for their nature to sit Mike Evans. So if Mike Evans is to sit, say, week one, week two, maybe even week three. Who's the next man up in Tampa? You know, they had uh, they had some names last year. Bashard Perriman, now on with the Jets, who really stepped up, stepped up in some absences last year as a wide receiver three. But who do they have now on their roster that could, you know, become that viable wide receiver two for Tom Brady if, say, Mike Evans is to uh, miss, a, miss a few games? Well, it's, I'm not going to say wide receiver. I'm going to say wide out number two. I mean, obviously, you have the tight ends there. You have Gronkowski. You have Brait. You have O.J. Howard. Obviously, then you do also have Scotty Miller, who did a great job last year filling in late parts of the season. And Tom Brady did actually rave about how he liked Scotty Miller and how well he, how hard he worked. And ultimately, that offense, a lot of those decisions are going to come down to what Tom Brady wants. So I think... The Bucks from last year to this year are a completely different team. You bring out Jameis Winston, who is a, a no-risk gunslinger. No risk it, no biscuit. And then you bring in Tom Brady. You know, the, the turnovers are going to be cut in half. The defense is elite. You know, you bring in Fournette. They want to run the ball. This is going to be a much slower-paced offense. I stayed away from all the Tampa Bay Bucks this year, except for maybe a late flyer on, like, Fournette or or one of the tight ends. But unfortunately, I, I love Tampa Bay. You and I both raved about the Bucks last year, and they were one of the best. Jameis Winston was a top three fantasy quarterback. It was awesome, but I just don't think we have the same Tampa Bay team. And honestly, unless you're in like a, 
a really deep 16-man league, you don't need to go anyone after anyone other than Godwin and then maybe take a shot at Great or O.J. Howard because we saw what O.J. Howard did two years ago, and ultimately he could do something you know, with another opportunity. All right. We, I have another question for you. This is uh, going off script a little bit. We know how Bruce Arians doesn't involve his Titan often. The team went out and brought Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. Obviously, he's a hot fantasy football you know, uh, topic because it's simply Rob Gronkowski reunited with Tom Brady coming out of retirement to do so. Do you think that the connection between Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski is too much for, say, a Bruce Arians offense to override? I think what's going to happen is ultimately the goal as a football coach of an NFL team is to make the playoffs, win in the playoffs, win a Super Bowl. And I think the only way for that to happen with a, a Tom Brady who is way past his prime, a Gronk who is clearly past his prime with all his injuries, I think they're going to have to be really smart. And you're going to see a lot of what we what they did in New England last year. I understand Gronk wasn't really a factor. He wasn't even there. And you're gonna see a lot of running, and you're gonna see you're gonna see some shots. But Gronk is gonna be used, I think, more in uh, a blocking role until he gets to the red zone. And then I think he'll be used as obviously a huge, especially if Mike Evans is out. If Mike Evans is out, then Gronk is the the 100% the go-to guy in the red zone. But for fantasy purposes, you know, you're, I think Gronk, you're gonna see you know three or four targets a game. And if he catches a touchdown, you're sitting pretty. But again, touchdowns are hard to predict. If I was taking a flyer, I'd go for OJ Howard, who he's young and he is an offensive juggernaut if used properly. And people think it's Gronk, but I would fade that and look towards the cheaper guy. Yeah. Like we said, Gronk was out of the league the last, what was it? Two years or last year, at least. So he's coming out of retirement to play some football and people are still treating him as a tight end one and that is simply not the situation. And like the fro said, O.J. Howard is a phenomenal offensive talent. Again, he was slowed down last year. Bruce Arians doesn't involve the Titan too much, but we know what he did two years ago. He's a fantastic offensive player, and I like him as a flyer in week one, especially, like you said, if Mike Evans is out. So moving on, let's talk about tomorrow night, Thursday night football, kickoff for the league. One of the bigger trades this offseason was you know, the Texans acquiring Brandon Cooks and the Los Angeles Rams. We know Cooks is a you know, a very good receiver, has done a lot of things like, you know, was a 1,000-yard receiver for three different teams in his career. But, of course, the injuries are there. So now he's questionable for tomorrow night. So, again, let's play a what-if situation. If Brandon Cooks is out, is Will Fuller then a must-start? I think so. Honestly, I think he's a must-start even if Brandon Cooks is in. You're looking at what is going to be the highest-scoring game. I believe the total was projected 54 to 54 and a half total points. You are a nine to ten-point underdog, and historically, Deshaun Watson has actually played a lot better as an underdog. I think it's more because you know Bill O'Brien finally lets him do what he wants to do, and you know play with not really a, a script, just kind of going off off script and being as, as efficient as he can. And, you know, while Watson is behind, his career yards per attempt go from 7.7 .7 to 8.4, and his rushing per yards per rush go from 4.4 to 6.3. So that's something I want. You have, a, you know, you kind of figure the Chiefs are going to get a big lead, 
And the Texans are going to have no choice but to throw the ball. And I think even if, let's say it's the opposite, let's say the Texans get a lead, which can happen. You know, we've seen that last year, except the Chiefs end up winning. I have a feeling, regardless of what happens, the Texans are going to be aggressive the whole game because they don't want what happened last year. They don't want to have a 21, 28 point lead and then blow it. You know, even if they're down 21, 28, regardless, I think you're going to see a lot of passes and I want a big piece of that cake. Yeah. Like you said, we saw this last year. It was a thriller came down to, you know, some of the last plays where Deshaun Watson was driving the field and those big passes to Kenny Stills uh, that did and did not happen. So, like you said, I think Will Fuller will be a must-play, and he is one of the most talked about and hyped fantasy football, you know, ass or prospects this season. He's a he's a big riser. Some have him projected as a top fifteen, top ten, even wide receiver this season. Uh, of course, it depends if Brandon Cooks is to play because they're kind of similar players, and in, in, in my opinion. Uh, but again, Will Fuller again has a bunch of uh, uh, injury history as well, along with Brandon Cooks. But what about another recent signing of the Texans, Randall Cobb, who was you know surprisingly paid a decent amount to go to Houston? Does he have an increased role? Does he have fantasy football uh, prominence if there is no Brandon Cooks? Oh yeah, he'll certainly get a boost. You get you, know, you get Cobb, you got Still, Kenny Stills. You, you obviously they both get a boost as well. And but I feel like you have to be very very desperate, or you drafted really bad or you're in a really deep league, or maybe you're doing DFS. Those are the only reasons I think I'd play Kenny Stills or Randall Cobb even tomorrow. I, I mean, the way I've been drafting, I'm, I'm having a tough decision, you know, deciding which which top, you know, top 20 wide receiver to start in my flex. You know, if you're if you're digging all the way down into the other you know, Cobb and the Stills, then you probably got more things to worry about. Yeah, you have a point there. And uh, again, Thursday night football kicks off tomorrow. Can't wait for that. But uh, as the football season kicks off, let's talk about a few dilemmas that you and myself have that we have to face in our lineups this week. You just alluded to the fact that you have uh, some flex troubles. So uh, what is the situation that you have a hand here, or at least one of them? Yeah, so my first dilemma I'm going to go with, I can't decide if I want to start Will Fuller in a high-scoring game when he has obviously all the upside there is, or... A.J. Brown in a game against the Broncos, who actually just lost Von Miller. So chances are the Titans are going to get a big. And we know when the Titans lead, they rush, 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 rush the ball, bleed the clock. So how much, it, you know, you're kind of baking on a lot of boomer bust on both of them. But I think I'm leaning towards Will Fuller just because, one, I'm a huge Thursday night baller. I love just chuck my guys in their Thursday night, get a big lead. And two, I'm just a huge Will Fuller believer. I've been the last few years. I drafted him in our Dynasty League. And he finally has the opportunity to be the guy. And Deshaun Watson's going to look for him a lot. Yeah, you and I are on the opposite uh, spectrums of that Thursday night football thing we've been on this before right i don't like to play my players in thursday night because it's such an unpredictable thing you have a short week things of like that i don't want like to put them there again the unpredictability but here this is the first game of the season we don't have a sunday night game leading to a thursday night game uh to go off so i think that you have to play will fuller again for this you know uh aspect of boomer bust but i think he booms against a you know it's a Kansas City defense is kind of underrated, in my opinion. Their secondary is not the, the most stellar of things. But again, 
Uh, like you said, the Tennessee Titans play the Denver Broncos. Broncos are pretty poor against a run. Lost Von Miller for at least tomorrow. Um, or for at least sat, uh, Sunday, I believe. Probably so, at least a couple months. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a long time before Von Miller gets back. So anyhow, their defense against the run has probably gotten worse. So like you said, the Titans like to get that lead, get that early touchdown, and then just ground and pound and grind their way through the game. So A.J. Brown, who is a has big play written all over him, may get limited targets. But like you said, Will Fuller is uh, is going up against the Chiefs, high-scoring game, highest game of the week. I think you have to do that uh, as well. The decision is made like it. All right, so I have one here for you, a little bit different. So uh, this is a this is the league actually I uh, drafted before we started this this podcast. Well, I was finishing up as a podcast was going, but you know I'm a big Calvin Ridley fan this year. I have Calvin Ridley plays the Seahawks week one, or do I go with Terry McLaurin who plays the Philadelphia Eagles week one? Woo, that is really hard. That's so hard. Um. Man, probably, honestly, I think McLaurin, I think he is going to absolutely light up the Eagles defense. He lit him up week one last year. I think that this this Eagles-Washington game is just going to be an absolute, it's just going to be a slugfest. There's going to be so many points scored, and it's going to blow over their projected total of 43 points. And I did tweet about this a few weeks ago. I think people are sleeping on Washington because they bring in a new coach, coaches of the Panthers last Ron year. Rivera. Yep. Ron Rivera, and it's going to be a much faster pace. The Redskins were dead last in pace in plays per game, which is like 55, and the next closest was like 60 plays a game. And the uh, the average while Ron Rivera was in Carolina the last six years would, would have been like top 10 last year. So, and Dwayne Haskins really did turn it on. He's extremely underrated. And I think, you know, he's going to, the, the the Washington football team is going to go. be an absolute <laughs> sleeper. I think McLaren is the way you got to go. Yeah, and that team quietly has one of the best front sevens, at least front fours there oh, yeah. in the league. You know, they added Chase Young via the draft. They have some very good, you know, offensive skill sets. Now they have Bryce Love, Antonio Gibson, who is a guy who is, you know, skyrocketing up draft boards. Out wide, Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims, who turned it on the last three games of last season. And Dwayne Haskins is another year older, uh, you know, has NFL experience under him. So like he said, I think this uh, red or caught myself there. This football team, <laughs> as you as you may, uh, is a very, you know, quiet team that is going to surprise some people and you know win some games not saying they beat the eagles week one but i think they're gonna be competitive in some games that they're uh chalked off about but i i too am leaning mclaurin here just because of uh you know that eagles game last year is really what like put him on the map and really got people interested in him so i think he does that again uh week one right out of the gate so uh let's see do you have any other situations here yeah, I got one more. Of course, it's in the same league. Um, so I'm very high on the Lions, as my readers and draft guiders would know. I think the Lions were phenomenal last year until Stafford got hurt. But week one, they run into the Bears. So historically, especially the last three games or so against Trubisky, Trubisky has lit up the Bears. I understand the total in this game isn't expected to be super high, but when I'm looking at 
at is I think the Bears are going to beat up the Lions pretty good. The Lions had a bottom five defense last year. You know, they gave up a lot of points to a lot of different fantasy positions. And I think Trubisky's history, they're going to punch the Lions pretty hard. And it's going to be a high-scoring game. So, And I understand the Bears' defense is good. But what I start... Stafford, and I like to stack him with TJ Hawkinson, or do I try to rotate that out uh, with Tyrod Taylor and then maybe actually grab, um, what's his name, from the Colts tight end? Uh, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle, yes, Jack Doyle, who's going to be the main guy. So which way am I leaning on this? I think I'm leaning towards Tyrod and and probably Doyle right now, but it's a really tough decision. Yeah, that game, you know, any NFC North game is kind of hard to predict because it's like the NFC East where they get together and records can be thrown out the window pretty much because of, you know, the tradition, the history, the hatred for each other, and just they play harder against each other. But going back, the Lions have a much improved defense uh, from a season ago, I believe. You know, they added likes of Jamie Collins and Nick Williams, Danny Shelton, signed Desmond Trufant, and then drafted, you know, Jeff Okuda, the defense is quietly pretty good, um, so I think they can contain that Bears defense to our uh, offense pretty well, especially Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky uh, throwing the ball. So it, it, in result, that may keep the Lions' running game more involved than say you know a T.J. Hawkinson. But last year, T.J. Hawkinson came out of the gate so hot right. uh, with Matt Stafford throwing the ball. Only good he, game, really. Yeah, it was that first game where I think he had like two touchdowns, and everyone you know, was about to crown the greatest tight end of all time because his rookie, you know, debut was fantastic. But the Bears defense is, you know, it's it's up there. I'm not saying it's elite, but it has elite players and it has the ability to, you know, guard every position. And uh who do the Chargers have? Chargers have a uh, who are the for Chargers their, for their game? Yeah. Week one, let me put it up here. Just draft their, uh, the uh, Bengals. So they have yes. the Bengals. So you're getting Tyrant against the Bengals defense, which is not much improved from last year. And you know how good that was, that Bengals defense was last year. And then uh, I believe the Colts have a very good matchup as well. Jags, so, yep. Jags. So you're going to get right. Jack Doyle against the Jags, which right. in the end, do the Colts get a lead here and then run the ball because they have a great backfield now? It's hard to predict, but like you said, I'm leaning towards Tyrod and Jack Doyle myself, but I want to be surprised if, you know, uh, TJ Hawkinson and Matt Stafford surprise everyone and, and light it up in week one. Always the opposite. <laughs> All right. So my last question, this is not really a dilemma I have. Why well, I do roster this guy in several leagues because of the value he had due to injury. If Debo Samuel is named is is given the go-ahead to start uh do you start him do you assume he's on a snap count what do you how do you handle the situation with Debo oh man that's tough because to have the best matchup this week possible uh I guess it was the Cardinals right yeah Cardinals yeah but I just sent out my uh my top my top matchups uh for individual players and let me see I know the for wide receivers you know quarterbacks for quarterbacks, the Cardinals, Jimmy G's number one, and the Card- and then number two for the wide receivers for the against Cardinals for the 49ers. So they have potentially one of the most favorable games. I mean, I don't think you can start him. I just I feel like it's too risky in a season where 
there's already so much risk as it is. I think he's got to play a little bit safer. And, you know, if, if you absolutely want to stick with your 49ers, you know, Kendrick Bourne is good. I think it'll be definitely a great week. It's just going to be hard to predict who on that 49ers offense is going to do anything other than Kittle. Yeah, Zach and I on the we, on the We Know Fantasy Waiver Wire Wishlist podcast came up Monday talked about this a little bit. Kendrick Bourne was one of our guys that we talked about. But we have to assume Debo, he's coming off a foot injury, you know, a, a broken, I think it was a Jones fracture he had, uh, so broken fifth metatarsal outside of your foot, uh, you know, where you're planting and stuff. It's hard to recover from that, but he's he's exceeding expectations and getting back to the swing of things. But like the said, you get the Cardinals, very favorable matchup. The 49ers should win this game. Do you risk, you know, your star wide receiver playing in this, or do you play him 50% of the snaps? and hope he, you know, contributes in the first half or sparingly throughout the game and, like you said, rely on Kendrick Bourne or maybe a Bra- uh, Brent Ayuk if he actually plays with his hamstring injury as well. So I'm actually staying away from Debo Samuel this week. Uh, I know, like myself, I got him pretty at good values in the drafts because people were alarmed by his injury, uh, even though he's been exceeding expectations and speeding through the process and getting there for week one. But again, stay away from Debo and... Uh, you can look elsewhere for your wide receiver matchups week one. So one more thing before we sign off, the fro and I decided every every week we're going to do our pick them straight up. No, you know, points, no spreads, anything like that. just straight up po- uh, pick ems And uh, we'll keep track of this throughout the season. Uh, adds another sense of, uh, I guess you say, competition between us. Uh, usually we have, you know, the Fro's house league that we compete in. And, and you know, usually he bests me in that. But uh, we uh, usually have that to go about for some banter throughout this thing. But, you know, due to situations and then, and, and, you know, the the world that we're in right now, that league is on pause until next season. So uh, we decided to add this as a sense of, uh, you know, competition and, and bragging rights. So simply we're just going to run down the list and name who we believe to, you know, win the game outright. We'll keep our rolling t- tally on this throughout the season and uh, we'll see who comes out on top. So, simply enough, first game we have is Houston Chiefs. I'll let you pick your winner here, uh, Fro. All right. Well, to be fair, we neither of us prepared as far as we didn't do. We didn't dig deep as far as like research for all this. So this is going to be going on a whim. Um, but it's, I mean, this is just going to be for fun, anyways. But I'm going to get it started here. And since it's 2020 and nothing has gone as planned, I'm going with the Texans. All right, I'm taking the defending champion of the Chiefs in this one. Moving forward, we have your Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington football team. I want to take Washington in this, as we talked about, but I'm going to take Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles, but, man, I am scared with this game. It's not going to be as easy as I think. All right, Dolphins at Patriots, who you got there? Got to go with the Patriots. Yeah, I think Cam Newton has a fantastic season and comes out of the gate with a chip on his shoulder, firing the ball away. Packers at Vikings. I'm going to take Vikings in this one, actually. Yeah, that's tough. I'm going to go with Packers. All right, a little uh, confrontation there. We have the Colts visiting the Jaguars. Who you have there, Fro? Colts, Jaguars. Got to go with the Colts. I think that's going to be a really good team this year. Yeah, they have a top, you know, one of the best offensive lines in the game. Their defense is drastically improved. Great running game. I think they're a great team. Bears-Lions, I'm going to lean towards Detroit in this one, but I know you uh, may think different, Fro. Yeah, this is 
really, really tough. I think it's going to be a great game. I am going to go Bears. All right, all right, all right. So moving along the 1 p.m. games, we have the Raiders visit the Panthers and what should be uh, a decent matchup. Uh, I guess I'll take Las Vegas getting their first win in that season, uh, in that new city. I'm going to actually go with the Panthers because Teddy Bridgewater's win-loss record is phenomenal. I tweeted about this uh, actually a few months ago, and he's a winner. He, he's a true winner. He's been a winner in Minnesota. He's been a winner on the Saints. He's going to be a winner on the Panthers, and I understand that defense is bad, but that guy's a winner. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what to see, you know, with his with – his, uh, he get a new team and being the guy in a new city. Uh, a battle in New York here, not the battle in New York. You think about the Jets versus the Bills. I think this is pretty clearly the Bills, in my opinion. Yeah, it's got to be the Bills. If the Bills lose this, then the whole league's in trouble. All right, Browns at Ravens. I think this is easy again. Ravens for me. Yep, taking the Ravens. That's a simple one. And the final, the final 1 p.m. game of the day, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, we have the Seahawks versus the Falcons, which I think is an actual decent matchup here. I'm going to take Atlanta in this one. Yeah, this is going to be, man, I'm going Hawks. All right, all right. Moving on to the afternoon slate of games, 4.05 kickoff. We have the Chargers versus Joe Exotic and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, it's hard to, to predict here, you know, Tyrod Taylor against the, the new guy in Cincinnati. I think I'm going to take the Chargers just because I think that defense is pretty elite. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers. All right, moving down. Cardinals 49ers. I'm going to take my Niners. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Of course you are. (laughs) Buccaneers Saints, new look Bucks versus the Saints. We're in. uh, We can kind of exclude, you know, home field advantage is going to be as prominent this year, but I still think the Saints are a better team. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints. I think the Bucks have too many new pace, you know, pieces to work out. Yeah, they're going to have to start jelly before we can really get into thing. Right. Uh, and then, let's see, Sunday Night Football, Cowboys, Rams. I would have to give the uh, Cowboys this one. Yeah, fortunately, I got to go with the Cowboys, too. I can't believe the Cowboys are only a three-point favorite. I understand it's in L.A., but like you said, it's not, home field advantage just doesn't mean as much this year. And we have, as usual, two Monday night games. First, 7, 10 p.m. kickoff. We have the Steelers-Giants. And that, you know, Steelers defense is borderline elite, so I'm taking Pittsburgh in this one. Oh, yeah, Steelers. It's kind of a weird Monday night matchup, in my opinion, Steelers-New York. But anyhow, and then weird. we have uh, Titans-Broncos in Denver. I think the Titans get an early lead and then run the rock to yeah. ta- to finish it off. It's going to be the Titans, unfortunately, Von Miller being out. Oof. I mean, that Broncos defense has lost a lot of key parts, and they're not what they used to be. So Titans come out, fire, and they slam it late, Titans. All right, there we go. There's our pick of the week. And again, every week we'll go through those and keep a running total. So by the end of the season, we'll have you know every game predicted, and we'll see who comes out on top there. But again, as always, guys, we appreciate you listening to us, tuning in. Every Wednesday night, myself, Nate with Wino Fantasy and the Fro bring you the Wino Fantasy podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro. Before we start off, Fro, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro. And as always, my name is Nate with Wino Fantasy. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Wino Fantasy. Until next time, guys, 
see ya peace